third John. At the villas years ago, I taught first John, and then we went into second John. And don't ask me why we didn't make it to third John, but we didn't, and I didn't teach it. Uh, but we're going to look at this book tonight. If you're looking for inspiration or a sermon, you might not get one. If you're looking for information, good old informational message during a Bible study, we're going to get that tonight as we look at this short book of 14 verses. And we're going to look at three people in this book, which will pretty much cover a whole lot of what this book is all about. So, as, as we've turned here... Let's just read through the entire book, since it's just 14 verses, and get started. It says, The elder unto the well-beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. For I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Beloved, thou doest faithfully whatsoever thou doest to the brethren and to strangers, which have borne witness of thy charity before the church, whom if thou bring forward on their journey after a godly sort, thou shalt do well, because that... For his name's sake they went forth, taking nothing of the Gentiles. We therefore ought to receive such, that we might be fellow helpers to the truth. I wrote unto the church, but Diotrephes, who loveth to have the preeminence among them, receiveth us not. Wherefore, if I come, I will remember his deeds which he doeth, prating against us with malicious words, and not content therewith, neither doth he himself receive the brethren, and forbiddeth them that would casteth them out of the church. Beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. He that doeth good is of God, but he that doeth evil hath not seen God. Demetrius hath good report of all men, and of the truth itself. Yea, and we also bear a record, and ye know that our record is true. I had many things to write, but I will not with ink and pen write unto thee. But I trust I shall shortly see thee, and we shall speak face to face. Peace be, be to thee. Our friends salute thee. Greet the friends by name. Well, John is the writer of this book. The time that we're in, it, well, it's coming up on... 100 A.D., it may be as early as 85 A.D., it may be around 95 A.D., but this is an older, wiser John who is writing. 
He's, he's probably in his 90s now. And that alone just warms my heart. You know, to incorporate wisdom from the aged in our preparations and plans, this is something that, that we'll never regret. I, I thank God for those who are wise and have walked in in my shoes and the shoes of others beyond them and, and able to impart wisdom that we might take great advice. So we have this senior citizen here, John, and by the Spirit of the Lord through him, he is, he's writing, not to a church, he's writing to an individual. And we're going to look at that individual he's writing to and we're going to look at two more individuals. If you want to outline for it, we're going to outline tonight with, with the three that stand out that John is writing to. We have Gaius, first of all, and Gaius is loved in the church. And then we have Diotrephes, and Diotrephes loves to be first. And then we have Demetrius, and Demetrius, he loves the truth. So Gaius, we would read about in the first eight verses. As I said, this letter is not written to a church, it's written to an individual, and it's written to Gaius. Gaius is obviously the member of a local church, and he's not only loved by the church, he is loved by John. You find in verse 1, well, beloved. You find in verse 2, beloved. In verse 5, you see beloved, which we read. And in verse 11, you find beloved again. John loves Gaius. He loves him. He loves him in the Lord. He loves him in the truth. You know, there are amazing bonds that take place among those who love the truth and get grounded in the truth. You may not have anything personal in common with them at all, but what a bond is made when you have two that love the truth. And that's what you have here. John and Gaius had a special relationship. Gaius is sound in the truth. He stood for the truth. He worked for the truth. You know, the truth makes us think right. And when we think right, we're able to act right. And Gaius had a good testimony. The church loved him because he loved the truth. And, and we see John's wishes for his special friend. He loved Gaius. He, he wished that he would prosper. We can take this, that Gaius was probably a man of means. And that he used his means in a godly manner. Because he has the Apostle John here desiring that he would prosper even more. And, and we also see that there might be some health issues with Gaius. Because a wish from John for him is for his health. He was a man with some kind of health issues. And then we have another wish for Gaius that would be a, a desire that for every Christian 
to relate to, and that would be spiritual growth. Beloved, I wish above all things that, things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prosper. You know, there, there are many with good physical health, and they don't have good spiritual health. I'd kind of like to have both. But I tell you what, if we were to choose, we, we would need to choose the spiritual health. You know, I, I have someone I dearly love in my life, and they have a disease that is debilitating their body right now, but they also are unsaved. And I pray for their salvation before I ever pray for their spiritual health. Gaius, he was healthy spiritually though. He had his heart open and he had his home open to those, to to preachers to missionaries who would pass through, those who loved the truth, those who stood for the truth. He walked in the truth, Gaius did. He loved the truth, and he was a good discerner concerning the truth. The church needs that. And Christians need to be a good discerner of the truth. You know, if we were to go back to 2 John, we would see that there is an urgency there, a warning against receiving false teachers. And now as we get over to 3 John, John encourages believers to receive true brethren. Gaius had discernment of true teachings, and he was wide open to the true brethren. You know, he seems to be of such a character and such a description that he would talk to you until he got to gather that you were really of the truth. It wasn't just, hey, I believe in Jesus, great, come on board. He he would ask questions and he would talk until he realized whether someone was a believer or not. Gaius would test those he would meet. He would test their words and he would test their walk. Look, Gaius and John, they were close. And so what does John say back in 1 John chapter 4, verse 1? He says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. And Gaius, he wasn't a critical judge, judging in the wrong way, judging by appearance only. But Gaius was a fruit inspector. And he inspected and looked for fruit. For Gaius to be able to do that, and to do that in the right manner, and the right spirit, though, means that he was walking in the truth. No wonder why John loved Gaius and rejoiced over Gaius. There's a verse that does stand out in this book of 3 John that I have referred to, though I've never taught through the book. But this verse 4, John writes, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in the truth. For the genuine preacher, that is better than any monetary or material gift that you could give the preacher in any way. The gift of church members walking in the truth, 
that is something that will make the preacher just jump up and down for joy in his heart over. And this is exactly what's going on in the heart of John over those who have walked in the truth. I remember sharing this verse with the teenagers one time. Years ago, the teenagers of the youth group made me a book for my birthday, and it was real professional looking. It was, it was like a book, like somebody published it, and it had photographs. They were, they were so nice and neatly in there. Not a photograph stuck in something, but, but the pages looked like that. And there was something written of a memory. It took me down memory lane with the youth, and I still have that book today. I will do everything I can to never have that book damaged or lose it. I cherish that book so much. But I remember being up there with the youth and making the point from this verse, and I elaborated on how much I love that book they made for me. But a better gift would be them walking in the truth. What rejoicing that is to the heart of the preacher. And Gaius is doing that. And it blesses the heart of John. Gaius was walking in the truth and he showed true hospitality to those true brethren, to those that would come through, that he would receive a missionary, a preacher come through. You know, there were many religious deceivers in that day. Those who said they were of the truth, but they weren't. And Second John gave emphasis on that. So, man, it was great to be a Gaius. Gaius is someone who had developed such a discernment from learning the Word of God and a passion for truth. That's, what, that, that's an underlying subtitle, a point in this book of Third John. It's about truth and, and, and what's genuine. And so... Gaius was that way. Some may have thought him to be rigid or cold if, if they were without understanding. But Gaius is pictured here as being very genuine and someone who wasn't going to support just any so-called preacher. He wasn't going to support just any church, any cause, any ministry, any, any member, unless he could discern that it was of God. We need more Christians like Gaius today. Because not only were there false teachers in the world in that day, there are false teachers in the world today too. So John is reinforcing Gaius, his discernment and his generosity and his hospitality to the true preachers and missionaries and people of God that would come by. And it delights not only John, it delights the church to have a Gaius like that. Someone who has become a pillar and a protector of the truth for the church. That's Gaius. He's loved in the church. But now... We go to Diotrephes, and we read of Diotrephes, well, in, in two verses, verses 9 through 11, well, 9 and 10. Let me go ahead and read those again as we talk about this man. This might be 
why nobody ever turns to the third John. We, you know, anyway, we're going to share Diotrephes because this is a big reason why John wrote. He said, I wrote unto the church, but Diotrephes, who loveth to have the preeminence among them, receiveth us not. Wherefore, if I come, I will remember his deeds which he doeth, prating against us with malicious words. I'll just stop right there. Gaius was loved by the church. Diotrephes loved to be first. That's what that word preeminence means. It means putting oneself first. You wish every member of the church were like Gaius and that none were like Diotrephes. You know, it's okay when you want to be first going to the doctor. You, you ought to try to get be first, and I know I'm telling people who already do this, you want the first appointment even if it's a day or two later because who knows how long you'll be at the doctor. Members call me and apologize and say, I'm sorry, but my... My surgery's at 5 a.m. tomorrow morning. I say, that's all right, I'm an early bird. I get up early. But also, are you the first surgery? Yes, I am. Do not apologize for that because you'd be here all, you'd be there all day. We'd be there all day if you were later in the day. Sometimes you can't help it. But to be first at the doctor, that's great. You know, I, back, back before Scott Hinton got his, got his kidney, he, he had appointments and he had to be taken. Someone had to be with him. Uh, for verification that he would have the help that he needs. And, and he had to go like twice a week, and, he, and I thought he had to be there at 5. So I picked him up about 4.15, and we get there at 5. I found out that wasn't an appointment time. He just had to be first. <laughs> they open at 5 o'clock, and you get there and you put your name on a list. And so we had an ongoing joke. I'd text him at 4 a.m. and say, hey, I'll be there in just a minute because Hinton has to be first. It's okay to be first at the doctor, but, but this guy, he had to be first in the church. You know, we, we read of the churches, Paul wrote to the churches, and, and, and we have an idea of what went on in churches, and, and we know that everybody then, just like us, in so many ways, you know, born of the flesh, born of the sin of Adam, and then born again in Jesus Christ, and we're all in a battle. You know, I think we tend to want to think that everybody's real holy, and man, every, every man of God, whatever church this is that, that, that Gaius is in, that John's right into Gaius, are they, are they all great men of God of courage to take a stand for the truth like Gaius? Well, we know better than that, and we see here that you have some like Diotrephes, Man, Gaius was loved by the church, Diotrephes, though he loved to be first. Diotrephes, he wouldn't even receive the Apostle John. If the Apostle John recommended a missionary or a preacher go by, Diotrephes, he wouldn't receive, he wouldn't receive them. I mean, they would even pass the Gaius test. Gaius was, was a student of the Word and, and, and had great discernment. And he would give a thumbs up to a preacher or a, or a missionary that would come by or a Christian. And Diotrephes would not. You know, Peter writes, 
Use hospitality one to another without grudging. Diotrephes had the opposite of that attitude. If Diotrephes were to have a slogan, I think it, what might fit would be rule the church or ruin it. He wanted things his way without thinking or caring of the result that would come about as a result of him getting his way. I don't know what his exact position was in the church, but it doesn't matter what it was. Because he was way out of line. He wouldn't support those who were preachers of the truth. He wouldn't support the true teaching of the Word of God. Teachers passed through Gaius, and Gaius would discern them as, as righteous in the truth, not false teachers. But, but old Diotrephes, he's, he's trying to say no. He's trying to give them a thumbs down. And he probably pushed his way into occupying the pulpit in some way, to have a voice in, in some way, in, but he is pretentious and he is puffed up. Diotrephes in such a short portion of the Word of God, and John has five charges against him. And you see them there in verses 9 and 10. Number one, he loveth to have the preeminence. That comes right after his name. He must have first place in the church. And then John goes on, there's a second charge that he receiveth us not, John says. He rejected the apostle John. And then in verse 10 it says, Wherefore, if I come, I will remember his deeds, which he doeth, prating against us with malicious words. Third charge against uh, Diotrephes, he made malicious statements against the apostles. Fourth thing, in verse 10, and not content therewith, neither doth he himself receive the brethren. He refused to welcome true missionaries, true preachers, true men of God to the church. And then, and then at the end of verse 10, we see the fifth thing, and forbiddeth them that would, and casteth them out of the church. How did he pull that off? Those, who, those in the church who had a heart for hospitality, for the men of God, for the preachers of God, and how was he able to run them off? That's the fifth charge against him, Diotrephes. He wasn't in a position to make decisions for the church, it, it appears, and he definitely didn't have the attitude that qualified him to do so. But he was doing everything he could to be that person. I mean, he wanted preeminence. And he worked hard to try to get it, though it, though it didn't belong to him, though it shouldn't. You know, he had a self-problem. He, self, he was self-opinionated, self-exalting, a self-made man, self-sufficient, self-admiration, self-willed, self-satisfied, and self-confident. I mean, he was going to run things if he ran them in the ground. We get a picture of who Diotrephes is here and what he's like. You know, if he were led of the Holy Spirit of God, 
he would study to be quiet. You know, the Holy Spirit helps us concerning our weaknesses. We all have weaknesses as Christians. We all have weaknesses and temptations. And I thank God that the Holy Spirit helps us in those situations. His was obviously a desire for control. And he loved to speak. And he loved to talk a lot. 1 Thessalonians 4.11 says, Study to be quiet. If he were convicted of the Spirit, he would have been much more quiet. He had a temptation. You know, he, he obviously doesn't teach, lead, sing, serve in any ministry of any sort to the glory of God. And this is what John has to say after mentioning him. Look in verse 11 after he talks about him. He says, Beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. He that doeth good is of God, but he that doeth evil hath not seen God. And then you go back to the beginning of verse 10, and John says, Wherefore, if I come, first of all, that if, that's not John deciding whether he wants to go see them or not. John has full intentions of going to see them all and to go to that church. But you just never know what's going to come up. You never know what's going to hinder one from doing something. But that doesn't mean he's deciding whether to go. His full intentions are to go. And I will remember his deeds which he doeth. And those deeds had to do with maliciousness. The theme of this book is truth. And Diotrephes will not stop acting in the flesh. Nothing he is displaying is marking him with the fruit of the Spirit. He may be an imposter. He may not be of the truth whatsoever. So enough is enough, and John's coming to deal with this man and his maliciousness. So we have, but let's move on from that. We have Gaius who's loved by the church, Diotrephes who loves to be first. But then let's, let's move on to a breath of fresh air and move on to Demetrius. Demetrius, verse 12, hath good report of all men and of the truth itself. Yea, and we also bear record, and you know that our record is true. We only have one verse of the Bible about Demetrius right here. He is not in the rest of the Word of God. And we can describe this man. This Christian is very dependable. He's very sound in doctrine. He loves the truth. He grew up a pagan. We learned that by looking at his name here, Demetrius, and looking at it in the original language and names. It's so exciting to look, to look up people's names in the Bible because their name just about always fits a character or something in their lives. But in this case, he grew up pagan. But we obviously see that Demetrius was born again. 
He was saved by Jesus Christ, and he loves the truth. What little we read about him here, he was a sharer of the gospel throughout Rome, and he loved God's truth. He had those who would testify of his uprightness of character and his unwavering in the truth. Just mentioned one time in the Bible this man is, but he was faithful, and he was a solid Christian, a humble saint of God, doing what God called him to do. You know, you, you might look at this and say, he, he was just a man of God that did what God called him to do, and he didn't need attention for it. It didn't, you know, it didn't matter if what you said to him or what you said about him, he didn't, he didn't throw a big, a big to-do about it. He didn't get into a lot of drama. It wasn't about him. He didn't try to make himself known. Man, I've known God's people in churches who have done so much around the church that no one ever knew about. And you can tell that they didn't care for others to know about it. They were content with working for their Lord. Kind of reminds me of that most of you will remember Debbie Maxey. Debbie Maxey did, did a lot of other things, but she played an instrument in this church. And she was so easygoing and so easy to get along with. She didn't, she didn't look for pats on the back. She didn't look for attention. She didn't look for who looked at her. She didn't look for who said something to her. It, it didn't matter with her because it wasn't about her. It was about her Lord. And that goes way beyond one's personality. That goes into the supernatural indwelling of the Holy Spirit inside every single Christian. That it's not about us. It's about God. It's about worshiping Him. Demetrius, he was this quiet, humble Christian who was dependable and he was not divisive. That's what the Lord's church needs. Those who will focus on the Savior and not self. One preacher recommended, one pastor recommended four men to the church for the church to vote to make them deacons. And... Three of them, one of them's in glory, but he was a deacon for about 45 years till the Lord took him home. The other two have been deacons for over 50 years now, but there were four. The one, well, we won't, we won't talk about him, but the preacher said, what, you know, what did I say? He said, three out of four isn't bad. I just say that to simply close this informational message on 3 John with, here we have two great men of God and one bad man. And these three men in this letter, it tells us a lot. It, we're informational here tonight. And we see just by looking at these three uh, what this letter of 1 John is about in so many ways. We have the who, the what, the when, and the whys for the book of 3 John. And let us do what we will with it. 
I'm thankful for examples in the Word of God. Thankful for those character traits. Thankful to see what's good for the church. I'm thankful for what motivates us and excites us to be grounded in the truth. And the more we study the Bible, the more we know God's Word, the better value and better investments we're going to be able to make for the Lord's precious church. To be a pillar in the church, to be, to be protection for the church. And with that, I'm, I'm going to invite Brother John up now. I appreciate him being willing to take you through prayer requests tonight. And then, and then you all sing it out and sing praises to the Lord.